Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. EST, powered by FantasyGuru.com. Use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products at FantasyGuru.com. We welcome you in on a Friday here to Fantasy Sports Daily, which not only is a chance for uh, Ray and I to talk some fantasy football, get you set for the weekend, but it also concludes our first week as a brand new show. Uh, I've been doing a lot of brand new shows over the last few years, it feels like, Ray, so I always have to celebrate when we get a week down. And I think we're still invited back next week, so congratulations, Ray. Five shows in and uh, hundreds, if not thousands, still to go. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a it's been a little bit of a uneven start tech wise. I've done my best here to make it work well on our end. I think we're doing better than we were, uh, you know, day one. And I look forward to week two being pretty perfect. Well, if if not for your tech expertise, Ray, we probably wouldn't know what the hell you're trying to do this morning on uh, Fantasy Sports Daily. Thankfully, we've got the crew behind you there on the uh, screen. So this is Ned Flanders that that you just decided. On a whim, to show up like two days late on Halloween. You realize that was Tuesday was Halloween. I do. Now, here's the thing. Uh, as you're well aware, I was Ted Lasso uh, for mm -hmm. Halloween. I had uh, a couple people say that I look like Magnum P.I. Could have been Thomas Magnum yeah. with the mustache. I had a couple other people suggest that I actually look more like Ned Flanders than Ted Lasso. So I figured I'd just complete the look today. Get the yellow makeup on. Ned Flanders a sucker up. Got my green sweater, my pinkish, purplish shirt. Uh, and let's go. Let's talk some fantasy sports. Yeah, well, great gobbly googly, as uh, Ned <laughs> might say. Uh, you look good on this Friday. You're right. we got to talk some fantasy sports. And, of course, we start with Thursday Night Football, where we don't get to say this very often. At least I don't. Um, everything went according to expectations. Ray, I didn't expect much from Tennessee and Pittsburgh. I didn't expect offensive fireworks. I did not expect... Huge fantasy numbers. Pretty well got exactly what we expected from the Titans to the Steelers. That that game truly played to form, did it not? It did. And, you know, where there's all the, I don't want to say excitement, but there's all the hope that the, you know, things would transition and transform, if you will, with Will Levis under center, that what we saw last week is what the new week, you know, new offense is going to be for the Titans. And it really wasn't. It was, it was basically a very Titans-like effort offensively. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I saw getting a, all, all kinds of props today because he led a fourth quarter comeback. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, we're really digging there. It's kind of like you talked earlier in the week about the fact that Desmond Ritter uh, was leading the league in game-winning drives this year. It, it, I get it. I guess it matters, but come on. Yeah, it's 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 nice to see from Pickett. I, I Both those quarterbacks, Ray, this kind of ties into Ritter, who we talked about earlier in the week. I mean, both these quarterbacks are, are young and learning the ropes, and it, it seems like and I'm not surprised by this. This is how the world works. But it's like, boy, you better hit the ground running, or you're not. You're not legit. Like we're seeing it with Bryce Young in Carolina. People, people are already kind of calling out the Panthers for that pick. Like, oh, you should have gone C.J. Stroud. Just yeah. look how obvious it is mm -hmm. after seven weeks. It's it's damn stupid, honestly, to talk that way. I mean, it, it's great when we have a guy show up, Ray, and boom, it, it works. It clicks. It's exciting. It's fun. A vast majority of the guys, it's not that way. It just isn't. And Aaron Rodgers was a bum when he started. Total bum. Everybody hated the Packers. Now he's a Hall of Famer. You know, he may be a top 10 quarterback of all time. So this, this quick reference to, oh, this is good, this is bad, 
Pickett and Levis rate, nothing special. You, you wouldn't look at those guys and say, oh, greatness is uh, in the cards. That's where they're going to be. They were fine. Like like Levis, if, if I'm looking for a positive rate, I got a positive last night from him. He stood up in the face of pressure and didn't embarrass himself. Zach Wilson embarrasses himself in the face of pressure. Will Levis did not. He To me, Ray, he already kind of overcame the first of hundreds of challenges. The fact that he was willing to sit in there with a pretty bummerific offensive line and do pretty well for the Titans. Not huge numbers, no, you know, not huge touchdown, nothing. But Ray, he stood in there, took his licks, and kept on ticking. Yeah, and remember too, Peyton Manning had 28 interceptions as a rookie. 28. Um, game, you know, game doesn't always come to everyone at the same pace at the start. And even if it's up or down, it doesn't, you know, portend the future necessarily either. And I agree with you. I think that, you know, Will Levis. 262, zero touchdowns, one pick. You know, the numbers weren't great. They didn't win the football game. But I agree with you. He didn't, he did not perform poorly. He didn't look overmatched. Uh, there are certainly other quarterbacks. You mentioned Zach Wilson that, you know, just on a visual inspection there still look worse. I mean, he's got what, you know, what, 13 starts, 15 starts, whatever the hell he has in his career now. He doesn't look any better than Will Levis does do too. That's absolutely mm -hmm. for sure. And there is, there's something to be said for having the look. Right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes the results aren't there, but you get it. You see it. You know, the pieces are there. And I think that Will Levis is showing the look, even if the results haven't been there in both games. One game, yes. One game, no. As uh, for the rest of the fantasy uh, fallout from last night's 20 to 16 victory, uh, Derrick Henry, good enough. You know, over 100 total yards. Uh, Pittsburgh backfield was fine. Uh, I thought both Jalen Warren and Najee Harris had their moments. Warren, in effect, Ray, might have looked a bit better. Uh, his yardage was up around 90. Harris got a touchdown. Uh, Harris had a couple of mistakes in the receiving game. You know, still holding steady with that crew. I Compared to what they have produced this year, last night for Harris and for Warren, call it a win. <laughs> you know, if you played those guys, you take what you get, you don't throw a fit, and you say, okay, that was at least not bad for the Steelers' backfield last night. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Like, we keep... There, there is a, a not it's a growing, it's a grown, fully grown perception that Jalen Warren is infinitely better than Najee Harris. Like that's, you see it everywhere in fantasy, you see it in chat rooms, on social media. And, you know, you look at the numbers last night and the numbers look better. And Jalen Warren looks good, right? He, he, mm -hmm. He's good in the open field and he's got some scoots and the whole thing. The it, It's always been difficult, uh, I think, for some to understand what teams are trying to accomplish with, with certain players, the play style that's called with certain players. Najee Harris is a bigger running back that's more north-south. With Jalen Warren, they get him more in space. They stretch the field. They go east-west. And for some reason, the Steelers have tried at various times this season to use Najee Harris the same way. It doesn't work. You mm. got to get Harris the ball. You got to let him go. You know, he's at the top of the – all I hear is advanced metrics of Jalen Warren. Advanced metrics. Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Najee Harris is breaking tackles. Najee Harris is doing the things he's asked to do. It's just his role is different in the offense. As we saw again last night, he really needs a touchdown to be yeah. fantasy worthy with the way they're using both these guys. Uh, but both of them, Harris and Warren, were effective last night if you used them in your fantasy squad. And, and as uninspiring as they are, Harris is a probably an RB2. Uh, Warren's a flex play, RB3. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's I, I don't see a big differential the remainder of the season. We're, we're going to see... Those guys getting double-digit touches, probably both of them in uh, each and every game. Probably for me, Ray, the biggest fantasy you know, storyline here, um, George Pickens. Two weeks ago, I was uh, doing a show over on Sirius, and Pickens was coming off a 100-yard receiving. I said, my gosh, 
Uh, working with Kenny Pickett, working in the Steelers offense, somehow, someway, George Pickens has, I think at the time, it was three 100-yard receiving efforts in like seven games. I thought, wow, you know, with, with, with this QB, with this offense, that's pretty impressive for George Pickens. Ever since that moment, Ray, kiss of death alert, gone, gone. And, and the logical explanation, Ray, is, well, look who got back. You know, Deontay Johnson got back. And in the last two weeks, Ray, Deontay Johnson has looked good last night. He had the game-winning touchdown. He had six catches, 90 yards. Meanwhile, you look at George Pickens, Ray, and again, this is a 100-yard receiver. He's shown it multiple times this year. Three catches for 21 yards in the last two weeks with Pickens. Yeah, and we have a, a real issue here. We've got in – a player in Pickens, and we've seen it, right? We, and we see it constantly when you're watching games, even if it doesn't show in the box score, where he makes some spectacular catch and he just doesn't get the second toe down, or he's in the corner of the end zone, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, he is a pretty special receiver. The problem he has is his offense runs in mud and his quarterback wants to throw the ball four feet. It's not <laughs> a good combination. You look at Kenny Pickett, he's 24th in the league in yards per attempt. That doesn't work. What does that work with? That works with Deontay Johnson running underneath routes. That's It's perfect combination for what Penny Pickett can do. What George Pickens wants to do, obviously, is stretch the field. Pickett's not good at stretching the field. He doesn't have great arm strength, doesn't have great ball placement. A lot of times these catches Pickens is making are much more difficult than they should be because the ball's not where it should be. Um, so the Steelers have to make an effort to get Pickens more involved. The last two weeks is not acceptable. You can't win football games long-term with him filling that role. The problem is it's much easier much safer and much more likely to have success for Pickett with his style, throwing the ball to Johnson instead of Pickens. And that's a problem. And, and the alarming thing too, last night is Tennessee. And this goes really for, for Pickett, for Pickens, for, for the Steelers as a threat to throw the football. Tennessee is a pass funnel defense. I mean, they will give up yards through the air. They did not do that last night. Um, for whatever reason, they were able to slow down the Steelers. Maybe it was just the game plan for Pittsburgh to, in effect, make that a plotting affair. And it certainly was, 20-16. to 16. I, I guess we, we shouldn't complain too much. It was at least a close game. Uh, we had the late touchdown. Even late, Will Levis kind of drove the Titans down the field, ended with uh, his lone pick of the night. Should note Traylon Burks. He was injured late in that game. Uh, they had to bring out the stretcher couple of ambulances, um, neck and head injury is officially what they're calling it. He did not go to a local hospital, which is actually good news. Uh, so he avoided that. So it appears that we also managed to uh, kind of scrape by without a serious injury to Traylon Burks. But that that's a guy, Ray. I mean, he, he missed a good portion earlier this season. Now you have this injury. He was a high draft pick when they drafted Traylon Burks, Ray. Mm -hmm. That pretty well sent A.J. Brown packing. You know, whether fair or not, Traylon Burks was seen as the one-for-one one trade with A.J. Yep. Brown. Yep. It's been rough. It, it's it's And it's not all on him. Uh, a lot of it's this offense, quarterbacks, injuries. But this is a really difficult start to a career when you look at what Traylon Burks has failed to do as a first-round draft pick. Yeah, and it's it's not fair to him, obviously, to say, oh, you know, you haven't produced. There's a lot of reasons for that, but your point is completely valid. He was, in essence, brought there, and they got rid of A.J. Brown. And, mm -hmm. you know, A.J. Brown's catching 125 yards of passes every week for a you know, Super Bowl contending team, and, you know, the Titans are struggling. Uh, we just hope he's okay at this point. It sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, he obviously hasn't lived up to what the expectations were, but, you know, when we talk about these two teams in particular, the Steelers and the Titans, 
the 20 to 16 game, that's what seemingly every game they play is, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have even DeAndre Hopkins, right? DeAndre Hopkins has this magical game last week, the three touchdowns, 128 yards. We talked about it. He had what four catches. Yeah. Like he and last night the targets went through the roof and the production went in the toilet. So you, you know, Burks has been a disappointment in the fantasy space, but you know, if Burks had been with a different organization, put in a different role, yeah. I bet we'd be talking and looking at him completely differently. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's 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 great when Tennessee drafts a guy like that, a young guy, an exciting guy, or even when they have AJ Brown. But this coaching staff has has failed to make use of these guys. They just don't want to be that kind of offense. Uh, they want to be kind of outside the norm in today's NFL. They they are more, and I get it. You got Derrick Henry, but if if that's going to be your goal, then you probably don't need to be investing in draft picks in Traylon Burks. You know, if you're going to make that draft pick, let's also invest in throwing the football. Titans really aren't doing that. They come up short on the road at Pittsburgh. So uh, game one of what is it, fourteen? I think this weekend in the books, uh, and now we get ready for Sunday. As we look ahead to what we've got for you on Fantasy Sports Daily, obviously we started with the Thursday night game. A lot of football discussion coming your way, both of the pro and collegiate variety. Our friend Armando Marsal, I think this will be his first appearance here on Fantasy Sports Today. We're going to check in with him and uh, kind of talk through and run through some of the bigger issues as you, the fantasy player, you, the DFS player, gets ready for week number nine of the NFL season. A bit later in the program, Scott Bonder will join us to get you set for week 10 of the college football season. We have some in, uh, entertaining games there on the DFS side. It's Bedlam, maybe for the last time, between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. we got a couple of uh, high-flying quarterbacks, uh, Washington, USC, Michael Penix Jr. going against Caleb Williams, and, of course, that showdown between LSU and Alabama. We'll talk it all over with Scott. Uh, we'll continue, if not finish, our halfway home stat roundup. We'll talk wide receivers and tight ends, some of the more notable stats that we've seen through the first half of the season and of course we've got news and notes and unfortunately Ray we always have injuries and things to worry about and most Fridays I think on fantasy sports today Ray are going to deal with injuries and where we stand probably the biggest piece of news at this very moment is uh, DK Metcalf who uh you know we we're talking about Traylon Burks being beat up and he has missed games DK Metcalf has been beat up I, I want to say for three-fourths of the season Ray uh he has been all over the injured list. He's been limited. He's been missing practices. Um, he's been dealing with a shoulder injury of late. Yesterday on Thursday, after practicing Wednesday, he did not practice on Thursday. Uh, so the Seahawks are, are kind of tugging and pulling with us, Ray. Lockett's kind of a question mark every week. Kenneth Walker's becoming a question mark. And now, of course, DK Metcalf is for this weekend. Yeah, and boy, uh... You know, he's in the article over at fantasyguru.com today, the coffin corner piece. I talked about the, basically the touchdown production the, the, since Geno Smith took over versus with Russell Wilson. So that's in the coffin corner piece over at fantasyguru.com. But the the fact is that DK Metcalf, the, the, the fact is the passing game isn't working. Like we've, we've had Bobo have a couple of nice, you know, catches and touchdowns. We've had JSN flash a little bit. Tyler Lockett's been hurt and productive, but not great. DK Metcalf has been hurt productive but not great and at the end this offense just doesn't look through the air like it did last year with Geno Smith that's not surprising over at fantasyguru.com we did expect the performance of Geno Smith to re re receive this year so okay but I, I just look at you know DK Metcalf and it's like you know four catches for 65 yards like that's your offense like if your offense isn't working stop throwing balls to the five foot two Tyler Lockett and start throwing more balls to the six foot four 240 pound DK Metcalf and they've done they did it once 
right? But even look at it last time out there, he had 14 targets. He only caught five balls. Like they've got to find a better way to get him involved. Maybe some of it has to do with the, the physical uh, situation he's dealing with. The fact he has been beat mm-hmm. up all year, but this offense is not going to work if they don't have him more productive out, out wide. It was interesting uh, last Sunday, who are they playing? The Browns, I think it was. Um, and Seattle won that game. They only snapped the football 55 times in that matchup. Um, and, and they weren't like efficient or rolling for first downs, but that's still a pretty slow pace. Uh, and now it's one game and, and it's against Cleveland, who's a pretty decent defense, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but, you know, you, you run that slow, you have that few snaps. It's not like they went all Kenneth Walker or that yeah. they went all Zach Charbonnet. Those guys didn't get much use at all in that Sunday win against the Browns. So I, I think it's still an offense that's that's good enough. I mean, right now they're at the top of the NFC West standings, which is fairly impressive. Uh, they got a big game this weekend on the road at Baltimore. It's one of the few games you look at and say, wow, that, that'll be fun to watch. So I'll see what they, they bring us offensively. I think Geno Smith last year was really good. You noted this, Ray. He's more like 80% of what he was last season, and I think that's kind of changed the outlook of this uh, offense being able to score, you know, 28 points and beyond. And frankly, I keep looking at Walker and Charbonnet, Ray. I like that one-two punch. I I, I think that – I don't want to say Seattle should be run first and then throw second because, again, investment, Metcalf, Lockett, JSB, uh, JSN, I should say. They have invested in pass catchers. They have invested in Geno Smith. But they actually have a pretty strong offense, I feel, a, a, a dangerous offense, both running and passing, I think, this season for the Seahawks. Yeah, they do. And by the way, if people want to read my Coffin Corner piece or any of the articles or get in Discord or anything over at FantasyGuru.com, use the promo code FSD20, FSD20, that gets you 20% off everything, any sport, college football, hockey, basketball, that stuff. So it's FSD20. You know, they've, they've been pretty balanced this year. They've thrown 231 passes, and they've run 173 times. So they've been pretty balanced this year, have the Seahawks. But you're right. If you were to pull back and just look at the numbers and say, without knowing anything, just look at the numbers, how is this team having success? You would say to yourself, well, Kenneth Walker has, you know, got six touchdowns. He's averaging 4.4 yards a carry. His mm-hmm. support back, Charbonnet, is averaging 5.8 yards a carry. This team's averaging, you know, almost five yards a carry out of their backfield. Why aren't we running the ball more? You know, so and, and, you know, with Pete Carroll, he's not a guy that really wants to throw it 45 times a week. Let Russ cook thing was something that we heard for years when Russell Wilson was there. So I'm not I'm not saying that Gino Wilson, Gino Smith is is doing poorly. I'm saying that this year his performance has been more game manager mm-hmm. than last year. Where it looks like he, he was a leader in the passing attack. So we've got more of a game managing quarterback. We do have successful pieces in the backfield. We are successful running the ball. Uh, it probably would help to try to establish that a little bit more, like you said, Kyle. We'll see the status of uh, Metcalf later today in practice. Good news uh, involving the Seahawks, because we don't always get this every week. Uh, they have an early kickoff, so we should know very early on Sunday uh, what to do with DK Metcalf and if he's ready to go. A couple of other DMPs from Thursday. Emery DiMarcato missing a second straight practice for the Arizona Cardinals. Toe injury for him. Damian Pierce was out. Josh Palmer. Did not practice on Thursday. Remember, the Chargers don't play until Monday. And then also Drake London, who continues to deal with that growing injury. He also was a DMP. Quickly on the quarterback side, right? it sounds like Daniel Jones has a pretty good shot of uh, playing this week. Um, the Giants are taking on the Vegas Raiders. And quite simply, Jones was practicing yesterday. Tyrod Taylor was not. Uh, we have heard nothing on our buddy 
and the you know the disastrous exposure that we got last week to the third stringer with the Giants. So I guess we're probably looking at uh, no Taylor, no Devito, and Daniel Jones. Let's roll. Let's get rolling in week eight, week nine. You finally mentioned his name, Devito. I thought you were just going to say the third string guy. No, like, I, give, uh... I give Tommy Devito a little bit of respect. Okay. It, it, it doesn't deserve respect. It was absolutely atrocious, but I'll, I'll at least mention his name for the last time ever. In, in right. Well, <laughs> it, it certainly looks like Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback this week. We don't have a definitive, but that's the way everything is trending. And we'll see if he can make it through the game with that neck issue he has. He does, you know, give the team obviously a better chance to, to win than Mr. DeVito did, though. You know, Terod Taylor was pretty effective. Yeah. And uh, so Daniel Jones, I mean, this whole team, it's just, they're in trouble anyway. It's not like he's a savior. If he comes in here, everything changes. But they they need to reestablish things because right now, especially with Darren Waller dealing with injury, their offense is Saquon Barkley, and you can't win football games in 2023 with it just being your running back on offense. Well, and the Giants can't turn to Graham Gano anymore. They, they can't rely on Graham Gano to be winning them games. Uh, he was placed on the IR. Uh, he will not be handling place-kicking duties. Who do they sign up? Randy Bullock, the former Titans kicker is going to be handling duties for the Giants. One other quick note, uh, Cleveland is taking on Arizona this weekend. We still have no idea who the quarterback is for either team. <laughs> Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson are practicing, but God knows if they're going to be out there starting. They are good enough to practice. Are they good enough to play is the question. Maybe we'll get our answer in the next 48 hours. Speaking of getting answers, let's get some with our friend Armando Marsal, who joins us right now on Fantasy Sports Daily. Armando is all over the place at fantasyguru.com. Of course, he's in Discord like the rest of our great analysts, but uh, he's writing football pieces. He helps with basketball from time to time. A busy man, and we decided to add to his plate on this Friday morning. Armando, good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Ah, good to be here talking football with you guys. How, how are you both doing? I think we're doing well. We're almost through a week of this, and uh, I'm ugly. Ray looks like Ned Flanders, and, and there you are with your beautiful tan. <laughs> Down in Florida, <laughs> enjoying 80 degrees. So, so thanks for rubbing our faces in. No, no, 77, 77 degrees, 77, Kyle. 77, 77. Very, very cool. 77 degrees down there. I, Armando, I'll start with Cleveland, Arizona. If if Murray and Watson are both playing, do you care? Like, does a fantasy player start these guys? I in one of my leagues, I've actually been holding on to Murray, and my decision is going to be like. Gardner Minshew or Kyler Murray and I'll probably go Minshew but how do you see these two quarterbacks if indeed they are out there and playing in week nine so as far as Kyler Murray is concerned if he plays I don't like him this week this is a tough matchup it's going to be his first game back you know from a, a lengthy absence you know returning from that ACL injury uh, I think we have to see what he looks like you know returning from this injury he's someone that depended a lot on that run game that he used to do uh, I don't know how comfortable he's going to be is running the football. If they force him to be a pocket passer, how effective he's, is he going to be in his first game back? Very tough matchup here against Cleveland. As far as Watson's concerned, look, it's a really dreadful week for quarterbacks. When you look at some of the injuries across the league, when you look at some of the starting quarterbacks across the league this week, uh, I think you might be in a situation where playing a, a Watson that's less than 100% makes some sense here. In DFS, I'm staying away from this situation as, as a whole. Uh, but again, this is just a very bad week for quarterbacks. So in season-long leagues, there's going to be some fantasy managers that need to consider someone like Watson if he is indeed healthy. I'll be honest, I don't think he plays. I think they're going to continue leaning on Walker here this week. I don't think there's a need to put in Watson and, and, and you know, uh, risk further injury, especially in this matchup against Arizona. I think they could win without Watson. I think that's something the team knows here. 
Armando, now you mentioned, Kyle mentioned the fact that there's all these injuries. And I, I know people want to set their lineups and it's tough because they want to get the questions answered and all that. But, you know, I had someone this morning say, well, you answered this yesterday, but now we know. There's a lot of scenarios like that where we're trying to kind of prognosticate out. But I'm going to ask you to do just that because that's why we have you here. Uh, with the 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 Rams, the UCL issue with, with Matthew Stafford, obviously they need him there. Brett Rippon's not a, a good approximation of Stafford. We've seen you know, Puka Nakua's, you know, two last three games slow down. We've seen Cooper Cup the last couple of games have some concerns. Where are we at with Puka and Cup? I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, both guys were going to be wide receiver ones the rest of the way. Now, where are we at in week nine? So as things stands today, look, I, I look at Cup and I think you could still consider him a low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. I think you have to be cautious. I think those ceiling games that we saw earlier in the year. Uh, I don't think you should be expecting those with Stafford dealing with that thumb injury. Look, it's in his throwing hand. So even if he does play, how efficient and effective is he going to be here? I have a lot of concerns about this passing game. I think they're going to go to Brett Ripping here this week. And I think this is a disaster as far as Nakua is concerned. He's dealing with that knee injury. It looks like he's going to play, but I've downgraded Nakua to a you know wide receiver three, high end wide receiver four with the quarterback situation. So these are no longer slam dunks that we had a couple of weeks ago, Ray. These are now... Players at Cup, you're always going to start him at the end of the day regardless of the, uh, the quarterback situation because of the volume and because of the role in this offense. We've seen some low performances from him the last couple of weeks, but you're going to have to start him here this upcoming week. Uh, as far as Nakua, I think, you know, we had this conversation on Tuesday's live stream and I had it on the podcast as well. As far as he's concerned, there are other options that I would prefer over Nakua this week. If you have a better wide receiver three option, if you have some like, you know, Romeo Dobbs in that same game, like you might want to consider someone like Dobbs over a Nakua if Ripien is starting here this week, just because you can't trust a quarterback like Ripien. So for me, it depends on who's starting under center. If, if Stafford starts, I'd be okay with flexing someone like Nakua. If he doesn't, I'm going to look for an, alter, an alternate uh, option here uh, over him because I just can't trust the passing game without Stafford under center here. By the way, Armando, you mentioned the live stream on Tuesday. Give the listeners a little bit more detail on that in case they're not aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. Every Tuesday, Russell, myself, and Tyler Beaker go live at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's called the Roster Coach Live Stream. We're there. We're talking football, answering questions. At time, Rich Maledo steps in uh, and joins the team. He also uh, answers questions where basically what we do is we go over waivers, we go over recent news, and then we spend the rest of the time answering all types of roster questions, whether it's trades, whether it's a waiver, uh, we try to avoid uh, any start sick questions because it is Tuesday way too early in the week. We talk about this. I see you saying it in, di in Discord as well, Ray. Like, there's absolutely no reason to decide whether or not you're going to be playing Devin Singletary on Wednesday. Well, we still don't know if Damon Pierce is going to play or not. So I, I, I think you kind of echoed that a little while ago. The more information we have, the easier it is for us to make decisions. There's no need to make these decisions early in the week for players that play on Sunday, especially those dealing with injuries. So, I always recommend waiting to the final injury report and final practice report comes out on Friday before making these uh, kind of decisions. To see that live stream or to read any of Armando's work over at fantasyguru.com, remember promo code FSD20 if you want to sign up. Uh, Aaron Jones, Armando, like he's hurt, but he's not hurt. He's healthy, but he's not healthy. He's out there, but he's not out there. Where are we at? Like th this Packers offense is not working right now, and Jordan Love is certainly struggling. They really need Aaron Jones to step up. Is this the week it happens or no? I don't trust Jones. I mean, in season-long leagues, you're probably going to have to roll him out there depending on your options. But he's just not someone that has been playing uh, all that well when given the opportunities. What we like about him is he's had at least five targets in each of the last two games. But 
really hasn't done anything. 29 rushing yards last week, 35 the week before. We're seeing Dylan really cut into that work there. So for me, it's a little bit concerning uh, when it comes to Jones. I don't trust it. But again, we're at the stage of, of, of the season where considering guys like Demarcado, we're, we're, you know, we're really at a tough situation of the season, given some of the injuries to the position. And then we also have a lot of teams on by this week, you know, four teams on by and then some notable players, McCaffrey's out, Javante Williams is out. So there are some notable players out on by this week at the position along with injuries. So you might not like it, but you might have to plug and play Iron Jones here this week. Nothing uh, screams showdown NFL game, like uh, settling in at, 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning with your German apple pancakes and maybe a kind <laughs> of beer uh, to, to watch the, the KC Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins from Frankfurt. I, I was just pulling up some numbers. And, and Armando, Ray, listen to these numbers. This is the international series. You know, we play like three, four games a year now, the NFL. Um, since the start of, let me double check this, 2015, 2014. 2014, this is 54 or 27 games. Only 10 of the 54 teams in those 27 games have gotten to 30 points. That's it, 10 of 54. Um, one of the 27 games since 2015 has had both teams get to 30 points. Since 2018, which stretches 15 games in this international series, one team has scored 30 points. I bring all this up because, Armando, the expectation, Chiefs, Dolphins, offense, offense, offense. But you look at this track record. When teams make this trip and when they go to Europe, they ain't scoring. And I, I don't know if it's if it's just random, but this is 10 years of games being played out there that we can't get teams to 30 points. All of that is a long lead-in. Dolphins, Chiefs, do both get to 30 points this week? You know, I want to say no. I, I want to say it's going to be very close to it, but I, I want to say no. But we have to consider how many times have the Jaguars played over there? And I, I think that that's a big reason as <laughs> to those numbers, right? This was before Trevor Lawrence, okay? Um, We're going to play one team. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so so I, I think this game could end up being like a 28 to 30 game, 28 to 35 game. I do think it could be that kind of game. And then that means that one team won't get there. I won't be surprised if they both get there, but I think people underestimate how good the Chiefs defense has been this year. They've been a very good defense. You know, they're they're normally known for their offense, but they've done a pretty good job defensively. Uh, I think Miami's defense hasn't lived up to expectations, but they are a good, uh, talented unit. Uh, and I think, you know, as the season has progressed, they've played a little bit better. So I don't want to say this is going to be a defensive matchup by any means, but I do think that, you know, expectations are through the roof when you look at, you know, they're thinking about, you know, 40-something to 30-something game. That's, that's what people are expecting. Mm -hmm. I don't expect it to be that high of scoring. But I do think, so the with the over-under on this game, I believe it's 50, let me pull it up because I think it's 51. Yeah, yeah 51 exactly. Yeah. So it's 51. So if we get 28 to 30, we hit the over. I think we're going to hit the over. I'm not confident that both teams get over 30 points, though. Armando, there's obviously, I mentioned Eric Jones, there's a lot of backfields where we're unclear kind of how it's going to break down. There's a lot of uh, parity in terms of performance across the landscape at the running back position. And something that we talked about before the season began was the idea of maybe in some scenarios, you'd even want to play both running backs with the same team. So I'll ask you this week with the Browns, with 
you know, Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford with the Colts, with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. A lot of scenarios where playing both the guys in the same backfield this week makes sense. I think with the Colts, it makes a lot of sense. You know, Moss and Tater have been very productive. I think they're what, what's going to happen there is one of them will probably score. And this week, I mean, they, they have a great matchup against the Panthers. I think they have a chance for both of them to find the end zone here. Uh, I think they're both going to get double-digit uh, opportunities in, in a phenomenal matchup. I think the Colts win this game, so I do think they play with a lead. And I think the, the game script favors the run game. We've seen them lean heavily on both of these running backs uh, since Taylor's return. I don't think that stops this weekend. So for me, I think that that backfield, you could definitely use uh, both of these backs. As far as the Browns, so my concern there is all three running backs played over 30% of the offensive snaps last week. All three running backs in this backfield had over 10 opportunities. It was 11, 11, and 15. So Strong, Ford, and Hunt were all involved. I am concerned about using two of these guys. I do think that two of them can have success. I even think that if you're flexing Strong in a deeper league, I think that's viable as well. I'm not confident, though, to do it in one roster, in one lineup, in one league. I, I cannot uh, do that because of how this backfield is used. We know Ford is not 100%. He's dealing with an ankle injury. That At the end of the day, I was surprised he went out there and stood up last week. He should play through it again. But how you know how healthy is he really with that ankle? So for me, I'm not confident. I do think that they're all viable, but I don't want to do it in the same lineup. Earlier, Armando, we were talking about uh, the fact that George Pickens has disappeared from the Steelers' offense the last two games, which leads me to Devontae Adams. Should we be worried? It, it's been so quiet. You know, the changeover in the coaching staff. Adams is frustrated on the sideline. Should people be concerned that the uh, good times, which have stretched like, you know, seven, eight years with Devontae Adams, are, are, are they maybe over this year? I actually like the idea of buying low on Devontae Adams right now. I think this team is going to uh, turn things around. Look, I, I think there was a lot of issues in the locker room, and, and these things translate to the field. It all starts at the top. It all starts with the leader. And I don't think this team was buying into Josh McDaniels. They, they just didn't like what he brought to the table. I think with the change of quarterback, O'Connell is going to look at uh, Devontae Adams. We saw it earlier this year when O'Connell got a start. He was looking at Adams' way as often as he could. I think they're going to make it a point to get Adams involved and make their star receiver very happy here this week. I think from a fantasy standpoint, it's a good time to buy right now because, you know, his stock is very low. I think he'll turn it around. I think, you know, we, we saw early in the year that the volume that was there, the opportunities were there. I do think that they're going to continue to be there here moving forward. I think the one that takes the biggest hit here in Las Vegas is Jacoby Myers. Now that Jimmy Garoppolo is not under center for them. And I do have concerns about him. I think he's a great sell high candidate if you still find suitors for him. Uh, but Adams, I, look, I'm expecting a turnaround. I think this team is going to come out. And whether they win or not, I'm not sure. But I do think they're going to come out and they're going to give it their best. You might see their, their maybe the, the most energetic performance here from this offense, you know, now that they've, you know, cut ties with the coaching staff or, or you know, with some of the coaching staff, the off offensive coordinator, the coach, and GM. So I think they, they, they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder here this, this week. And uh, look out for Adams. I think a big week is in order here against this Giants defense that really doesn't scare me whatsoever. Late game there between the Giants and the Raiders. One of a few in the late window as we get things rolling for week number nine. Armando Marsal joining us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Armando, good to see you. Uh, Mind of Marsal. I think that went up yesterday, the latest one, you and Rich Mileto. Uh, so people can check that out in the Elite Plus section, a podcast that people can take a listen to. Uh, but great to get some of your other thoughts from your mind, Armando, here on our program. We thank you for stopping in, okay? I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, have a great rest of your day. We will. Armando Marsal joining us here on Fantasy Sports Daily, kind of getting us set for the weekend in week number nine. How about you, Rich?